0: Listening to a podcast by Real Church and Pastor Noah Fritchie in Murphysboro, Illinois. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this message inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy and God bless. I am so happy to be here with you guys today. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. As a matter of fact, can we just all give a round of applause to all of the fathers? Guys, you guys are so special. Uh, You are a vital, vital part of the family. And so today we just want to honor you guys uh, and just say that you guys are amazing fathers. And we love each and every uh, one of you. So uh, like Noah said, my name is Mackenzie Morrow. I was on staff at this church for about two years, the first two years of the church's existence And uh, back in September, I kind of felt the call of God on my life to move to Nashville, Tennessee, um, to pursue my God-given lifelong dream of working in the film industry. Uh, And so in September, I moved to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and God has been opening up crazy, amazing doors for me. I mean, it truly is just an absolute testimony that God, what God has been doing in my life and the, the opportunities that he has given me to not just direct my own films, but to also just be a part in every aspect of the filmmaking process. It, it, it truly is amazing. I have some crazy stories, but uh, I, I'm just, all glory to God on that. I'm just so happy that he has, he has blessed me with that. Also, as Noah said, it is their one-year wedding anniversary today, so they are not here. They are taking a trip, uh, but I also wanted to uh, kind of do something. So uh, a lot of you may know, I think Noah said he announced it uh, last week, uh, that this coming Friday, uh, Emily is going to be uh, undergoing a pretty serious surgery, uh, and so we just pray that that will continue like as scheduled on Friday. And, uh, she's going to be in some recovery for a while, but I just want to kind of do something. Uh, your pastors pray, uh, and minister over you every single week. So I just kind of want to do something. If you guys are cool with it, I just want to pray with you guys for Emily and Noah. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So if everyone will bow your heads, dear Jesus. We just, we come before you right now. Uh, and we thank you father for Noah and Emily. And we just pray uh, that you would give them peace and that you would help them to enjoy their trip this weekend uh, and enjoy one another, Father, that you will just wrap them in your love. And uh, Father, I pray that you will protect Emily as she goes into this surgery. I pray that you will guide the the doctor's hands, Father, and that you will give them knowledge to to, uh, do a successful surgery. Father, I pray that recovery will be as easy as possible and that you will give Noah strength, Father, to be that godly husband that we all know he is, uh, and just lift up Emily, Father, in Jesus' name, complete and total healing in her body, uh, and I just pray that, again, you will strengthen them through through this time, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, today is Father's Day, and so I was originally going to talk about uh, fathers as kind of, you know, a Father's Day message, uh, but yeah, I actually had uh, Noah <laughs> send me some resources that, could, that I could kind of look at and research to help me figure out kind of what my message was going to be about. And it was all about fathers and everything like that. And, and, and uh, as I was preparing, uh, I feel like the Lord dropped uh, one word in my heart, uh, and that word was fear. And I was like, okay, um, maybe you don't want me to preach about fathers today. And so I kind of went to Noah and I was like, hey, you know how I, you know, made you send me all those resources about fathers? Yeah, I'm actually going to do a a sermon on fear today. So, you know, and he was like, that's cool, whatever. Uh, And so I'm going to be talking about fear today because honestly, fear is running rampant in our world today. I mean, it it is everywhere. Um, We have fear of the, you know, fear of the economy, fear of, you know our government fear of the virus still. I mean, the the virus was more of a fearful issue back last year, but it is it is still you know kind of an issue uh, today. It's it, things are starting to go back to normal, and it's not being much of an issue anymore. I know specifically Nashville has uh, no, they, all their mask mandates and their, you know, uh, capacity mandates have lifted. So glory, hallelujah. It is a great thing to be able to walk into a target or a Walmart without wearing a, wearing a mask and not feel horrified anyway. <laughs> and I will also say the first time that I walked into a, a, a store without a mask, and maybe you guys have had this experience as well. I felt odd like I felt kind of weird, like I was doing something wrong. And I almost felt like I was missing an article of clothing. And that's absolutely crazy to think about the fact that masks have become an article of clothing now. But anyway, it, it's getting back to normal. But there is, there is still some fear around you know, the virus. And maybe, maybe if you're a parent here today... Maybe you have some intense fear about your your children or you know what the world that your children are growing up in and and stuff like that, so I just kind of wanted to talk about fear because I feel like it's it 's a very pressing issue uh, in our in our world today, and specifically, I want to talk about what exactly fear is, but I also want to talk about um, what the types of fear are, because there's actually some types of fear. Fear is a little bit more complex than you might think. Uh, But ultimately, and more importantly, I wanna talk about how we can fight and ultimately win the battle with fear. So the title of my message today is actually winning the battle with fear. Um, And so today I wanna share with you guys five ways or five points on how we can win over fear. Before we dive into that though, I think it's important that I kind of give a definition of fear. So, one definition that I found of fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. Another definition, and actually my favorite definition of fear, is a thought process that leads to a distressing emotion based on a threat, real or imagined. And this, the reason why this is my favorite verse is because, or not my favorite verse, my favorite uh, definition of fear is because it kind of breaks down the two main uh, fears out there. You have the real and the imagined. So basically there's two types of fear out there. There's the healthy fear and the unhealthy fear. So the healthy fear, if my thing will cooperate with me here, Come on, come on, oh, oh, let's see about this here, got it, okay. <laughs> so the healthy fear is God-given and helps protect you. Uh, this is just kind of your, your your natural emotion or a natural fear instinct that you have that God has given you, uh, and it kind of helps you uh, you know, helps help protect you in your life. Some examples are this uh, is I'm not going to jump out of a plane without a parachute. I would feel very scared to do that because I would die. I'm also not going to punch Dwayne the Rock Johnson in the face because I know he would cave my skull in. These are just normal emotions that protect you against fearful situations. So that is the healthy fear. but then There is the unhealthy fear. And the unhealthy fear is a spirit of fear from Satan. And its sole purpose is to keep you in bondage. See, this this spirit of fear is from Satan. And its only purpose is to keep you locked up in fear where you can't do anything. Where you're just in bondage and you're so scared and you're so fearful. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about Satan being a roaring lion that roams around the world, seeking whom he may devour. And I did a little research. And lions, when they're hunting their prey, or or stalking their prey, right before they pounce, will roar insanely loud. And what that does is that terrifies their prey, and their prey tenses up, and they can't move because they're so scared, it startles them. And then the lion pounces and eats the prey. It, is, it, it kind of helps them to uh, catch the prey so that it's not you know, running away from them. Uh, and that is exactly what fear does to you, what the spirit of fear does to you. It tries to lock you up in fear and in bondage to where you can't move. And it can actually, if it can keep you there, you can miss out on what God has for you in your life because you're so scared about what might happen. You're so in that spirit of fear. And if he can keep you in bondage, he can keep you from what God has for you. And that's actually the spirit of fear is what Paul is talking about in 2 Timothy 1, 7, which says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. This verse has gotten me through so much in my life. Uh, this is actually my favorite verse in the Bible. Uh, my second favorite is for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds. That is my second favorite, but this is my all-time favorite verse. And the reason being is because this verse has helped me through so much in my life. Growing up, I struggled with fear immensely. I mean, I, I, I it was oh, it was bad growing up. I was terrified. Of everything. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but I think I would sleep in my parents. I think I slept in my parents' bedroom for a little too long growing up because I was just so overcome with that fear. Okay. I have a vivid imagination. And so what would happen was I would imagine up because of this, you know, vivid imagination that I had, uh, that kind of spirit of fear would get in and I would conjure up some of the scariest things as a child that might happen to me if I sleep alone in my bed. From people watching me through the windows to monsters coming out of my closet or under my bed. I mean, generic stuff, but as a kid, that terrifies you. And I, I really just, I was so overcome with fear in my life. And, and this verse helped me through that. And, and, and basically what happened was, I also would like to point out that my parents, originally I would sleep in, you know, as I was a kid, I would go to my parents' room and, you know, say, hey, I'm, I'm scared. And they would throw me up in their bed with them and I would just sleep in between them and it would be a great time. But as I got older, <laughs> I was not really able to do that much anymore. And so I had to basically sleep on this little cot love seat In their room that was barely big enough for one person to sleep, to even sit on. And I would, I would sleep there because that was better. That was a better, that was better than the alternative, which was sleeping in my own bed. Um, And I was really, I was really just, I was, I was terrified. And also, a negative thing of sleeping in my own bed, which I still say I am justified in this. My room was on the polar opposite side of the house than my parents. And we had, so I had to go, that meant whenever I was, I woke up and I was fearful. I had to go through a dark hallway and through the living room, which had two giant windows on either side that had no curtains. So you could just see out into the dark neighborhood you want to talk about the valley of the shadow of death for a little kid. Like that was terrifying as a kid. And I still held by that that was terrifying. But, uh, but anyway, I, I had so much fear. And so my parents showed me this verse and they said that anytime you wake up and you're fearful and, you, and you just, you're so overcome with that spirit of fear, they explained to me what this verse was. They said, what I want you to do is I want you to say this verse over and over and over again. Tell Satan, tell Satan this verse. I want you to say it over and over again and watch the fear leave. And that's what I did. That is what I proceeded to do. So I kind of want to go over what this verse means because there's a lot of things in this verse. First of all, like I said, the spirit of fear, that is a Satan spirit that uh, is not of God and it, its sole purpose is to keep you in bondage. It is the unhealthy fear. But also, God doesn't give that to you. He says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but what does he say? God has given you the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Well, I'm going to break these down. Power, love, sound mind. What does power mean? What, is the, what does power mean? This is why my parents told me to repeat this verse over and over again. There is power in the Word of God. There is power in Jesus' name. And there's, God has power over darkness. And guess what? If you're a spirit-filled, believing Christian you have that power. Yes. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you and you have that power over darkness. You have that authority over darkness. You have, if, if you are a Christian, you have the power to look that fear straight in the face and say, you leave me right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You have no power over me. You're trespassing on God's land and be gone, get away, get away from me. And that is exactly what my parents told me to do whenever I had an overcoming fear uh, whenever I was in bondage of the spirit of fear. And that's what this verse is saying. You have the power over that fear. And when you do this, the Bible says, when you speak over that fear and you tell it to leave and you speak the name of Jesus over it, guess what? It has to flee. The Bible says it has to flee. There's no choice. There's no other choice, but it has to leave. It has to go away. Because God's power is so much stronger than that. Maybe you're here today and you're dealing with some serious fear. Maybe you're here and, and, and you, maybe you have some fathers in here. Maybe you're, you, maybe you're in the spirit of fear about what your, your, your kids are growing up in. Or maybe you just have some serious spirits of fear. Maybe, you have, maybe that spirit of fear has you in bondage right now. Do not let it keep you there. You have the power to overthrow that darkness. God has given you that power through him. You have the power to destroy fear. What's the next one? Love. This is odd. What in the heck does love have to do with fighting fear? I would argue that the greatest weapon you have against fear is love. There's a reason Why I always wanted to sleep in my parents' room whenever I was scared. I felt protected by them. More importantly, I felt protected by their love. I knew that they loved me and I knew that no matter what fear I was dealing with, when I was in my parents' room, I know they were in there with me, they were going to protect me because they loved me and I was safe. That is the love that that verse is talking about God has given you love so that you can give love but he's also given you love to fight fear God's love is even more protection to you than your parents love when you were a kid I felt protected being in my parents room because i knew they loved me you're protected by god's love everywhere you go so why are you fearing Why are you fearing about anything, anything in this world? The coronavirus, the government, the economy, the war in the Middle East. Why are you fearing you're under God's love? You don't have anything to be fearful about. Love is the strongest weapon against fear. The single strongest weapon against fear. And the third one, a sound mind. What does a sound mind mean? How does a sound mind protect me against fear? A sound mind is essentially the ability to discern which fear is healthy and unhealthy. It's the ability to have a logical mind that is so tuned into what God, into God's mind that you can tell what is the spirit of fear and when the spirit of fear is taking a hold of you and get it out. So how do you get the sound mind? Well, first of all, you don't, just get the sound mind. You were given the sound mind. You have it. But how do you, how do you access it? Or how do, you, how do you develop it? This is really the simplest answer that I can give you. Grow in your relationship with God. Read the word. Spend time with God. Pray fast. Just become so tuned in to God's mind. And I, I'm telling you, you will be able to discern Whether or not there's a fear in your life that you need to weed out because it's the spirit of fear or it's a healthy fear that God has given you to protect you. Get into God's word. Study his word. Develop your relationship with Jesus. And I'm telling you, that sound mind is going to come. All of this stuff is going to come. I bet you it will happen. If I was a betting man, which I am not, but if I was a betting man... I would tell you that you could bet on all of this stuff being accessed to you when you believe and trust in Jesus and you pray and you develop your relationship with God. And I will also bet that when you put these things into practice, that fear is going to leave you. I know because I experienced it. And I know I was a kid, but also kind of not really. I was growing up. Uh, So I've experienced this. I know that this is true. I know that if you tell that fear to go, it will leave. Any time that I, was, that I was ever dealing with fear in my life and I would wake up and I would just be so fearful, I would get up. I would literally get up out of my bed and I'd be like, nope, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Hey, devil, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Get out of here. And I would literally watch that fear leave and I would have no fear. I would be able to sleep peacefully. I would have no nightmares. I would not. Eat. I would be. I would not be scared at all. You know when you're scared. I, this is another big achievement as a kid. Do you know when you're when you're scared of night at night I mean, when you were a kid and you're afraid to stick your feet out of the covers because you don't know if something's going to grab your feet. Whenever I did that, man, my feet were so far under the cover or so far out of the covers. I might as well just not even had covers on. It. Fear is going to be destroyed when you do this. You were given power, love, and a sound mind. And I watched that fear leave when I began to do this. I began to feel the peace of God, and it was all gone. Your battle plan against winning in fear is to get God's scriptures in you and repeat them every single time fear comes your way. Your battle against fear is not a physical one, it's a spiritual one. The Bible says that, another one of my favorite verses, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds. There's another verse that says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities and rulers of darkness. That means that we do not fight against people. We fight against demons. That doesn't mean that our, our, our war is going to be this giant, no matter how cool this might be, you're not going to see a mass amount of Christians with swords and battle axes and shields going into a, a field and slaying demons, like Lord of the Rings style. Like, if any of my Lord of the Rings fans in here, Battle of, the Hel- battle of Helms Deep, just like, you, we're not going to see that. We're not going to see that. That's not happening. No how cool that would be, our fight is a spiritual fight. Our fight is a fight that only exists in the spiritual realm. There is a spiritual realm around us that we cannot see where in which angels and demons are warring over our hearts and our minds and our souls right now. And that spirit of fear lives there and creeps in anytime he gets a chance. And it's your job as a Christian to fight it to tell it, to put it in its place. We fight with the Word of God. Believe the Bible when it says that God has all power over heaven and earth. He has all authority. I mean, seriously, okay. Do you believe that the coronavirus caught God off guard? Do you believe that whoever is sitting in the presidential seat right now caught God off guard. Do you believe that the war in the Middle East caught God off guard? No. Nothing did. He wasn't up there going, hey, huh, didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have sunk it? Absolutely not. That's not what happens. God is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, the great I am. There is nothing that God catches God off guard. So why in the world are you fearing about anything? Come on now, say it, say it. God is the ruler over everything. He has power over heaven and earth. He knows what's going to happen before it even happens. You got to trust in God. And I'm telling you, that fear will leave Nothing catches God off guard. And I'm going to say something. Don't permit anxiety and fear to invade your body, which is in fact the temple of God. We talk about the temple of God all the time. We call our bodies the temple of God, but I kind of want to explain why we call our bodies that. In the Old Testament times, there was something known as the Ark of the Covenant. If you've seen Indiana Jones, uh, it's not... You know, that's scary. When you open it, your face is not going to melt. but, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's what it was. The Ark of the Covenant was essentially a, a ark, uh, a box that held some, some very spiritually powerful artifacts, but it also held the literal spirit of God, the essence and spirit of God. And what, what they did was they put the Ark of the Covenant in a temple. And they put it in the section of the temple called the Holy of Holies. And not everybody could just go in there and commune with God. Only the priest could do that. But before he could do that, he had to cleanse himself of all sin. All sin had to be cleansed. And it usually was, in that Old Testament time, done by sacrificing an animal. And he would cleanse himself of that sin. And then he would go in, but he would have to do one more step. He would tie a rope around his leg and that rope had bells all along the rope and what happened was he would walk in and there would be people on the other side of the rope on the outside of the temple that were watching it and listening and as he would walk those bells would jingle and he would go into the Holy of Holies and if at any point those bells stopped jingling the people on the other end of that rope would have to pull the priest out because he would be dead which meant that he hadn't actually cleansed himself fully of sin and God's spirit cannot exist in the same place that sin and evil and, and fear exists. It just doesn't happen. The God's, God's spirit is too powerful. That evil is immediately gone when it enters that area. You guys, when Jesus died for us and he, he, he tore that veil, he tore the veil of the Holy of Holies, meaning that we now have access to God without falling over dead. Because when he left and he ascended into heaven, he said, what, am I, he, what did he say? I am bringing a helper. I am bringing a helper that will help you. That helper is the Holy Spirit. Which means when you are a Christian, guys, you literally have the Holy Spirit, the essence of God in you. He comes into you and makes a home in your heart. And you are the temple of God. You are just like that temple In the Old Testament times, with the Holy of Holies, you are just like that. You have the Spirit of God in you. So why are you permitting evil spirits and evil things to flood your mind and to flood your spirit? Why are you doing it? You have the power to eliminate it. God has given you that power. You have the power through God to eliminate it. God is too powerful to allow sin and fear and evil things in the same space that he's in. We are protected by Scripture. Do not allow the spirit of fear to put you in bondage. So I want to share with you today five points or five Scriptures to help you win your battle with fear. If you're struggling with fear in your life, write these down, and any time you feel that spirit of fear, that that spirit of fear puts you in bondage, I want you to, to write all these verses down and recite them over and over again. Tell them to Satan like a war cry. You have the ability to go to war with fear with these scriptures. So the first one is I will keep my mind on Christ. Christ. That is vitally important when fighting your battle with fear, keeping your mind on Christ. Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Whoever keeps their mind on Christ will be in perfect peace. This is what I talked about with having a sound mind. You need to always keep your mind on Christ so that spirit of fear never has a hold to come in and, and weed its way in in any avenue. That was my issue growing up because I had a mind that would wander a lot. Maybe you're in here and you have a mind that just kind of wanders a lot. And you you think up horrible scenarios that in real life are probably never going to happen. That's the spirit of fear, guys. That's anxiety. In our, in our day and age, it's so easy for our minds to wander. And growing up, that is exactly what my mind did. And because of that, that spirit of fear was able to weed itself in and put things in my, heart, in my mind that made me terrified. And I, I locked up, and I was in bondage, and I, could, I, I was so scared and so fearful. But if you trust in God, fear cannot touch you. If you're constantly keeping your mind on Christ, what does it say? He will keep you in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Not flawed peace. Not sometimes peace. Perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Recenter your mind on Christ today. Trust in God. Trust is something I had to learn with God. Many of you might know this, but Father's Day kind of offers, is both a joyful time for me, but a sad time. I lost my father in 2018 to colon cancer. And when that happened, the spirit of fear weeded its way in. And I lost a lot of trust with God because I thought God was going to heal him. I thought he was going to miraculously hear his body and I was still going to have my father here. And my naive mind wandered and conjured up some way that I believed God had to heal my dad in this way. Otherwise, he didn't heal him. And that spirit of fear took hold and took that And when he passed away, I was like, God, why did you not heal him? Why why did you not heal my dad? Why is he gone? And I lost a lot of trust with God, but I had to regain that. Because in reality, that was my own naive mind. Because guess what? My dad is healed. My dad is up in heaven, in paradise, rejoicing with God and all of the loved ones that have passed away. With no pain, no fear, no anxiety, no worry, no anything. Just perfect peace and healed and whole. God did heal my dad, just not the way that I wanted him to and not the way that I thought he was going to. And because of that, the spirit of fear creeped its way in and I started to doubt and I started to distrust God. And my mind went out of perfect peace with God because of the spirit of fear. I was so just shocked that this happened. And then also, the spirit of fear went a little bit farther and started putting little things in my head of, what if this happens to you? Your dad died of it. What if you leave your wife without a husband and your kids without a dad? What if this happens to you? Little voices in my head, putting doubts and putting worry and fear and scared. I had to weed that out with the spirit of God that God has put on me and the authority that God has for me, the authority that God has, that he has put in me. I had to weed that out. When you are your most fearful, keep your mind centered on Christ. The second one is the Lord will give me strength. Isaiah 41, 10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is literally telling you in this verse that he's with you. That there's nothing to fear. Keep your eyes on God. And whenever you stop keeping your eyes on God, that's where fear takes hold. We want to talk about the the most famous story where it was Peter walking on water. I believe it was Peter. Peter or Paul. Walking on water. God, Jesus was walking on water. Told him to come out and walk with me. What did he do? He kept his eyes on God. And as he was walking, as he was keeping his eyes on Jesus, he was walking on water. But as soon as the spirit of fear took hold of him and he started to look around him And see all the mighty waves and the fact that he was standing on water in a storm. He fell. He started to sink. Because he wasn't keeping his eyes on God. That spirit of fear took hold and he started to drown. But Jesus still picked him up. Pulled him out and said, I love you. You should have kept your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on God. God will do all things in your life if you keep your mind on Him. And He will give you strength. When you're in your most fearful, look to God and He will give you strength that surpasses all understanding. We talk about God will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. That's true. But God will also give you strength that surpasses all understanding. People are going to look at you and look at your situation and go, how are you not so fearful to even walk out of your house? How are you standing here right now? How are you standing here right now with a smile on your face when your whole world seems like it's falling apart right now? How are you standing here with so much strength? Maybe, maybe I should look into this Jesus of yours. The spirit of fear is so strong, but God gives you strength to fight it. And he is so much more powerful than that. He says, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is not going to let you down. He's not going to let you down. It might seem like he is. It might seem like he's he's left you. This verse says, I'm with you and I will give you strength. Don't fear. The third one is God will not fail me. What did I just say? God will not fail me. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. God never fails you. Again, this is something I had to learn in my life with my dad because of the, the, the things that I conjured up. And I was like, well, you failed me, God. I prayed for this thing and it didn't happen and you failed me and I don't know if I can trust you anymore. How naive is the human mind? God never fails you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. You have nothing to fear at all. God never leaves you. Satan will use this to put fear in your heart. He'll use he'll he'll make you think that God's left you, He's not with you, He's kind of just left you in the dust, and he'll put more fear in your heart. But again, you have the power to look through those lies of the enemy. Because all they are is lies. Satan loves to talk a big game, spirits of fear love to talk a big game, but they're really nothing. They're puny and weak. And they roar, but can't pounce. It's a spirit that roars, but can't pounce. It tries to make you think it can. It tries to make you think it's going to, but it doesn't. So don't fear. Look it in the eye and say, get out of here. I don't, I don't, I don't care about you. You're not going to have a hold over my life anymore because I'm a child that was bought with the blood of Jesus, and you can't take me anymore. No matter what is going, in your, going on in your life, God will never fail you. He will always be with you and He will never forsake you. Number four is God is my salvation. God is my salvation. It says in Isaiah 12, 2, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid for the Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. You guys, God has saved you from the worst possible punishment in the world. God has saved you from the worst possible life. God has saved you from an eternity in hell. Why are you fearing when God has saved you from the worst part? He's your salvation. If God saved us from that, Why are we fearing about anything in this world? Trust in God and do not be afraid. And the last point, number five. God is on my side. Psalms 118.6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Satan, like I said, loves to make you think you're alone. He loves to make you think that you're far away from God. He loves to make you think that man is just going to destroy you. Just take its boot and smack you in the face with it. That's not the case, man. God is on your side. He's never left you. Don't fear. Because if God's on your side, who can touch you? There's There's a plaque in my grandparents' house that, that says, and it's, it's, it's a little cheesy the more you hear it because it's probably we've bought at Hobby Lobby or something. Not, not dissing Hobby Lobby. They have some great quotes, uh, but it says, don't tell God that you have a big problem. Tell your problem that you have a big God. The Lord is on your side. No problem can ever come against you. No problem can take you. No problem can destroy you. Because God's on your side and nothing's going to go wrong. It might seem like it's going wrong. God is seen stuff. God knows what's going to happen. And he says that he will take what Satan meant for evil and turn it around for good. He will not fail you. So don't fear. He's fighting that fear with you. And he's pulling you out every time. It knows, the spirit of fear knows that if you stop being scared for a second, it is gone. It's lost. It knows that you, it can't touch you really, but if it can keep you in bondage, that's how it gets you. With these five points, you're now armed for battle. Rejoice that you've won the victory over your soul. That you've won the victory. That Christ has won the victory for you. And that all you got to do is walk in that victory. Anytime that you are overwhelmed with fear, fear, speak these words over your life. And believe me, you watch that fear leave. Because it will. It's going to happen. In our day and age, we as Christians need to rise up and destroy fear. I feel like a little bit in the body of Christ, there's been this movement where it's like, I see Christians more often than not fearing about situations that they shouldn't be fearful of. That can't happen, guys. We gotta be the light of the world. We gotta be the ones standing up and being like, we don't have anything to fear. And we, need the ones, we need to be the ones that are going to war and fighting fear. So maybe if that's you today, you're overcome with fear. Maybe you have the spirit of fear in areas of your life that you need to weed out. I just want to pray for you. Jesus, Father, I come before you right now. And if there's anybody in here that is dealing with fear, the spirit of fear that is so over their life, I tell it to leave in Jesus' name. You have no fear power over that person. That person is bought by the blood of Jesus and you are trespassing. Leave in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you will strengthen them and embolden them to fight this fight on fear. And that we will see all around the world Christians rising up to fight fear more like we've never seen before. Fighting that spirit of fear. In Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe today you've you've never made that step into faith. Maybe you're like, okay, I want to fight this fear but I have to have the Holy Spirit in me to fight it correctly and to get it out. Maybe that's you and you you, you haven't taken that step in faith and invited the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, I just want to do something. If that is you today and you want to take that step, you want to you invite the Holy Spirit and Jesus to come into your heart and be the, Lord of, the high, Lord of your life. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hands, okay? Nobody's looking around. Nobody's seeing you. But if that is you today, I want you to raise your hands on the count of three. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Now, with every head bowed and with every eye still closed, I want you to repeat this verse. And because, repeat what I say, and because, church, we all believe this, let's all say it. Let's all join in together. Father, thank you so much for giving me the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for dying for me. I accept you into my life. Come be the Lord of my life. Come give me strength to fight fear. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give a round of applause to everybody that prayed that prayer for the first time today. Thank you for listening to The Real Church Podcast. If you would like to partner with us financially or you live in the Southern Illinois area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out realchurch.info.